0: So we're beginning today our series, our Easter series, Love Ran Red, and I'm excited to, uh, to do that. I think Easter, obviously, is the most sacred time in the Christian calendar. It really, it really is. It's one of the most holy, if you like, holy weeks that we remember. We remember, uh, of course, one of the most powerful facts of history, that is that Christ died. He was hung on a cross and he died. We, we remember that he was buried. We celebrate this and remember it on a Good Friday next week. Come to that service, bring someone as we just remember that moment, but not just the fact that he was buried. We also remember that three days on the third day, hallelujah, he rose again. That's a fact of history and although some try and dispute it and sometimes you 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 have to wrestle with who Jesus is and the fact is he rose again and he is alive and not only is he alive, he lives today and because he lives today, he's changing our hearts, he's working in our lives, come on somebody, and he's doing great things uh, in our heart that's how he's changing, we're not here celebrating, well it happened way back there, now we're celebrating the fact that he is alive today and he's working in our hearts and he, he's taken us in this amazing grace. How sweet the sound. It, it saved a wretch like me and the other wretches in here. Come on, be honest now. Any, some of you are just liars. Come on, I know, I know you're not that good. I know you're not that good. Come on, any more wretches in here? Come on. You know, if you're here today and you're new to church and you're thinking, man, church, you know, it's full of hypocrites. I want to say there is always room for one more. There's always room for one more here uh, here today. We, we, we really want to welcome you uh, in this place uh, today. Join us, friends. We're not as good as we think we are, amen. Everything that we're done is God's glory, and it's to His glory. It's, it's to His uh, His life. We just aren't as pretty as we think. We're pretty ourselves up on the outside, but sometimes on the inside, we're a mess, and that's why we need Jesus. And that's why we turn up every week, not just to sing a couple of songs. We've seen, we, we turn up because God has changed something in our lives. God's turned something around. And maybe you're here today, and you don't know that, and you're going, man. What what is it that these people got? I, I had that same experience. I walked into a meeting like this and something like just thought, it's like, what's going on here? I'm getting all emotional. I was a big, tough biker. And I know that's hard to believe. Uh, well, not the big part, but the, 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 I, I, I just went in and God touched my love and I was weeping like a baby. And I was like, what is this? God calling me as a revelation of the cross of Christ. understood that love ran red, began to impact my life. So this is a very special, special time of the year. You know, in the epistle to the Ephesians, the apostle Paul writes in chapter 1, verse 7. And just before... I, I read out what he said. If you're new to church or you're new to Bible terms, you might be going, what is an epistle and what is the Ephesians? I mean, is that some kind of factory or something or what is it? So so epistle just means this, letter. Everybody say a letter. Amen. It just means a letter. And, and the Ephesians were, were a people. They were like Kiwis and Aussies and Americans. These were the Ephesians. So we just want to talk to the Ephesians. So he's writing a letter To the Ephesians. And this is what I'm going to read out is his greeting. This is how he begins this letter to these great people in Ephesus. He says this, in him, meaning Christ, in him, he's telling them what Christ has done. In him, we have, that means you have, we have, everybody has, we have redemption. Somebody say hallelujah right there. In him, oh, I'm going to preach black today. In him, we have redemption. How? Through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. Oh, any sinners in here today? Oh, turn to the person next to you and say, I think he's talking to you. Come on. The forgiveness of sins. In accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished on us. Donald English said this. He said, the wonder of the cross is not the blood, but whose blood? And to what purpose? Christ shed his blood and gave his life as what? As a perfect sacrifice. To what purpose? For our redemption. For your redemption. For the forgiveness of your sin. I'm okay. No, I'm not. We all need Christ for your sin, for my sin, for the guy sitting next to you's sin. He died and shed his blood for all the forgiveness of sin to restore mankind. For what purpose? To restore mankind back to God. Through Christ's death on the cross, we can stand in his grace today forgiven. Because his love ran red, we can stand here washed white. I love it. Because of what Christ has done. We can stand in grace, God's grace today, and it says this being having it being lavished on us. Yeah. I like that word lavished. Everybody say lavished. Yeah. God said like a black man lavished. Come on, lavished. He's lavished it out. You ever had stuff lavished on you? Well, when I think about lavish, the word lavish sort of means like over the top, man. Over the top. You know, lavish is people are going uh, uh, extra, over. Friends, you've got to understand God's grace for you. He's not in short supply. Yeah, right. He's not going, you know, oh, Pastor Neil's been so naughty this week on his 50th birthday, just trying to get all that youthfulness out at 49. And and it's so naughty. I I, I had to give a lot of grace over there, uh, but so I don't have enough for everybody else there. It's all about me. (laughs) (laughs) See, even more grace is needed, even right now. So... (laughs) So, so, so we've we got to understand this grace that comes from the riches of God. God's not sitting up there biting his nails going, man, I don't know everybody's so naughty. I've only got a little bit of grace there. He's not Santa Claus. Who's been naughty or not? Friends, you've got to understand the grace that we're receiving is from the riches of God's kingdom. He's not running out. There's enough grace for the sin of the whole world. Oh, you don't know what I've done. Friend, friend he's got, there's enough grace for the sin of the whole world to cover the sin of the whole world. from the riches of His grace. Don't sit here. Don't walk in here today and go, man, I'm guilty, man. I just, oh, I don't know if God really wants to do. And God, He loves you, friend. He loves you. God's grace extended towards you is not dependent on what you do or what you don't do or what you should do. Friends, this is about Him. This is about His grace, His riches poured out. And made available to stinking sinners like you and me. We don't stay sinners. We become the righteousness of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because of what Christ has done in Christ. He has made a way where there seemed to be no way. It's an elaborate. I I looked up the word lavish. It means elaborate, generous, extravagant. This grace has been lavished. He's not short on it. Turn to the person next to you and say, you need to hear that today. It says, in Him, Christ, we, you, me, have redemption through His blood. Love ran red. It's a free gift from God, free but not cheap. Christ picked up the tab. You could never buy it. You could never earn it. You could never pay for it. Christ picked up the tab. There's nothing we can do to earn it. All we can do is believe, trust, and receive that which Christ has made available Amen. to us. There's nothing we can do. Nothing we can do to earn it, get it. And we can see the truth of that worked out on, and when, as Christ was hung on the cross. We can, we can see the truth of that there's nothing we can do to earn it. When we look at the Christ. Hung on the cross, the Bible tells us. Mark chapter 15, verse 27, it says, With Jesus, they also crucified two robbers, one on his right and the other on his left. In other versions, it uses the word thieves, another version uses the word bandits. Have you ever been robbed? There'll be some here who you've experienced. Maybe your house has been burgled or Maybe you've, you've, you, you, you've had someone stolen. I, I think of youth the uh, other night, some, Ruben's phone was, was, was nicked, and that's the good thing with location, location, location. I could find it. I was watching it wander all around the church. And Until somebody realized that's what was happening, because my wife was walking around. She was ready to do some damage. Don't get in her way. She was hunting them down. I will find you. And when I find you, I will just pray for you and just, uh, (laughs) you will be taken to Jesus quickly. (laughs) You mess with my missus. You had stuff stolen from me. I remember when I was in India, I, I was... I had to park my Jeep on the street, and I had my briefcase. Anybody remember briefcases? You used to, uh, that was before we had iPhones. We used to keep everything in the briefcases because it made us feel like, oh, I've got a really flash briefcase, and we just we just looked really professional. And any of you still hiding your old briefcases, and you, you just pull it out every now and, now and then? But <laughs> But in the brief in the briefcase, I, I was keeping all this valuable stuff, and I left, and I just went upstairs to an office just for a minute on a very busy street. I came back down, and the window of my jeep was smashed, and my briefcase was gone. Everybody go, oh, but yeah, that's how I felt. It kind of sucked. It kind of sucked because you do feel you're looking around. It's on a busy street, and there's a guy sitting there, and they're looking at you. They can see that your your car is broken into, your window smashed, and you're thinking, is it you? Is it you? Is it is it you? So it's like a really weird kind of feeling when people steal off you. It's kind of awkward. I remember that one time in, in in our house, the our jewellery got stolen. Well, not jewellery. I don't have any. I don't have any bling. Yo, yo, what's up? But my wife's jewellery. I, I bought it one hundred thousand dollars worth. No, I didn't know about that. I wish. Oh, he's like one of those big preachers in the US. No, sorry. I don't know what it was worth, but it was their mum's gold. It'll be handed down. And when you realize that somebody's been going through your drawers, through your undies, through your different other place, come on now, you know, when you realize that, you know, and that they were in your house and they were doing that, that's like really, really like bad, it's, it's awkward, and it doesn't only affect them, it affected the people who work in our house, because in, in, in India, as we had to make a complaint to the police, it, go, it went way out of hand, I mean, yeah, maybe I've told this, I think I've told the story before, but I, I ended up having to drive down to the police station in India, they didn't have the police car, so I had to drive the policeman back to the house. And then when they got it up, they just started hitting everybody. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, so, so they, they, uh, Sangeeta, who's our pastor in India, Prem and Sangeeta, they started kicking her and hitting her. It was like, because that, that's how they do it, extract justice. <laughs> you better thank God for your police force. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Jevons thinking, I think we might talk about this in the office. <laughs> New ways of controlling criminal behavior. They started beating them. Then we went on the police station. They kept beating them. But you know that this, they, they, they were hitting them and smacking them. It's like, stuff. But it starts to affect you when you have stuff like this go on in your life. What about a friend? a friend, a girl working for us. She was a bridesmaid at uh, Anita's sister's wedding and she was working for us. And I was like, man, we're in our publishing company and we're we're, we're printing all this stuff. We're selling all this music. But where's the money going? I just uh, can't know. And I I felt bad for her because she was working late at night trying to get all the books and do what she was doing was cooking the books. That's what she was doing. (laughs) She's nicking all the money. She was a friend. What what does it feel like? It's a... Violet, this week on TV, you would have seen the, that jewelry shop in Auckland if you'd been watching the news. And the, the, that guy just burst in I don't know if he had a shotgun or a machete or whatever and told the girl, get on the ground, then smashed the thing and pulled out, told, I think he stole about $200,000 worth of jewelry and stuff. But, but the, the, the girl who was behind the counter was traumatized. I mean, she said, that, that stuff affects you. It can affect you for the rest of your life. And the reason I'm telling you that is because I want you to get a picture. Sometimes we can say, oh, two robbers hang on the cross, and then we just move on and we think about it. I want you to understand these were bad, yeah. bad Leroy Browns, the baddest man in the whole town. Because <laughs> I can't say darn here. They, they, they were bad dudes, man. These, these guys were, were criminals. By their own admission, they were guilty. By their own admission, they were who they said they they were, and they were bandits. I mean, I don't know whether they were Bloods or Crips. I don't know what yo yo what's up. But when they were coming down the street, I don't know. I don't know if they were coming down the street, and you would have to you you'd have to like walk on the other side of the road because if you didn't, they'd just say, "Give us your money, give us your watch." What you looking at? Want to smack? <laughs> they, they, they were scary dudes. You've got to understand this. Because yeah, sometimes we think in, in, uh, in traditions, and Christian traditions, it's sometimes called the good thief. He wasn't good. Yeah. He wasn't good. God made him good. Yeah, that's right. Christ's work on the cross changed him. He was a bad man. They caused pain to a lot of people. They, they robbed people's houses. They stole people's stuff. They, they created victims. And there were, were people out there who were demanding justice should be done. Justice should be done. These are criminals. They're good for nothings. That's who was hanging on. He was numbered among the transgressors, the Bible says. Hung between two common thieves, some bandits, some robbers I want you to understand that these guys were not just bad they were also mad they were mad at Jesus that here is this king I thought you were the savior of the world buddy I thought you that come on, man, do something about this situation we are in. Do something about this this situation, this dilemma uh, that we're we we're, we're in. Do something about it. it Someone just bad, they were they were mad at Jesus, and so the scriptures tell us in Matthew twenty seven, it says as Christ was crucified. People passing by hurled insults at him. The chief priests mocked him. Another version says they sneered at him. And in verse 27, sorry, chapter 27, verse 44, it says, In the same way, the robbers, not just one, the robbers, the criminals who were crucified with Jesus also heaped insults on him. You ever been a mocker not need a mocker oh, yeah I could do with a mocker right now <laughs> have you ever been a mocker a, a person who's just mean or, or 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 nasty these guys were were mockers i mean we're we're seeing on Facebook uh, this week in the news talking about those people who would who would mock other people bullying People through Facebook using Facebook to, to to just to be nasty to people. Can I just say we should never do that? Sometimes we think we've just got a right to give our opinion on every other thing. Can we just stop that and grow up a a little? And some people, you know, I've I've got to to be—I can sometimes get nasty Facebook stuff, and people just write to me. It's like, what the heck? It hurts. And I was like, what are, you, what are you writing to me for? And this isn't a message because somebody did that. I can see you sitting in the front row back down there. No, no, no. <laughs> you just stop writing to me like that, Neil. It's just, <laughs> we write stuff on and, and, and we mock people and people are bullied and nasty things are, are, are said. And of course, in these days, it's so much easier to do that from behind a screen when the person's on the other side of the world. Yeah, also, you be a mocker. But I want to tell you back in the day, Back in the day, if we wanted to mock someone, we didn't have any Facebook to go. We had to go and mock them personally to the face. (laughs) You mean a mocker? I I, I remember a time where where a long time ago in a land far, far away. Anyone remember disco? And want to admit it, come on, all five of you. I said, come on, anyone remember disco? Anyone remember John Travolta? We're looking to, by the way, I move my walk. I'm a preacher man. I got lots to talk. (laughs) Just made that up, yo. From those days of night fever, night fever, and how deep is your love? And we'd get up and we'd do our thing down at the Memorial Hall, down to Tanakai Street. The discos were there every week, and they put the mirror ball up, and like they're like, whoa, the mirror ball. (laughs) what we're doing and i remember what one day at the at the disco these 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 christians showed up these christians showed up they came to witness and to share the gospel with us. And they, they got out and uh, as they started going to people, have you heard about Jesus? And I can't remember, what, but the, 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 that mocking became part of what we did. We, started, we began to mock them. We began to make fun of these religious people that were coming in. What are they doing this for? Uh, uh, they're spoiling the disco. They're, they're doing this. They're coming in and they're, they're, they're telling us about this Christ. And as they came on, we started to, to, to mock them. And, and, of course, it wasn't helped by the fact that uh, after a little while, one of them had a, 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 an epileptic fit. And so I don't know whether that was the stress of whatever they were going through or whatever, but he had an epileptic fit. And all that did was reconfirm that you Christians are just weird people. And, 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 and you know, my, my thinking of that, was, which was ridiculous, I, I was thinking, like, when you think about Christians, they all wear glasses and have got big pimples. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um... <laughs> But yeah, my glasses are getting thicker. I, I mean, the, but that's how we would think that Christians were. And, but here's the thing is that in the midst of that mocking, my heart was strangely warmed to the message of the cross. My, my heart was strangely drawn to the, to the Christ on the cross. And, and, and as you know, and as I'm standing here before God and before you today, you would know that this mocker has become a messenger for that very Christ. For his power to be able to change people's lives. This mocker became a messenger as the revelation of Christ it went from information to a transformation inside my heart. And things shifted and things changed. And I went from this person who just couldn't understand. As the light bulb went on and it was like, God, you love me. And you died for me. And everything changed. I went from a mocker to a messenger. And the same thing happened to one of the criminals on the cross. The same thing happened to him. We can see it in Luke's gospel. and Gospel is a Bible word. It just means good news, the good news. In Luke's gospel, we can see the same thing happens to the thief on the cross as the mocker meets the Messiah. And something changes. His heart, as hard as it was, changed. And in Luke, uh, as the other thief continued to blaspheme and, and to hurl insults, the same thief, his heart moved, yells at the other. Don't you fear God, he said. Since you and I are under the same sentence, we are punished justly. They deserve everything they were getting. They were bad men. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. Isn't that amazing? That's what the grace of God is. You don't get what you deserve. The Bible says the punishment for sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You don't get, you know. What do we deserve? I want not say Hell. You're just not that good. If we all looked at our lives, looked at them in detail, we just need God. Man left to his own devices. Look throughout history where man says, who needs God and I'm going to do whatever I want. Look at communism. Look at, look at Nazism. Look at, look at, look at where, where dictators are left to rule however they want in a godless thing and see where the heart of man. People think, oh no, we'll just think nice things. No, the heart of man left to rule by itself will rule towards evil. Why? Because our pursuit is pleasure. Said, if God is good, why, why does he take all evil from the world? Friends, I want to tell you, what is evil? It's the pursuit of pleasure when you, you would never say, "God take all pleasure." God leaves us to, in the free will to be able to do and let the earth run its course and we choose our, our thing. Why? Because he doesn't want to force us to love him. He wants us to choose to love him. You have to do nothing. Otherwise we would be robots. He leaves us free to choose. Because he loves us. And love of the expression is that freedom to, to choose. Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, Jesus, has done nothing wrong. And then he says this, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. You know, when I think about this uh, picture of the repentant thief who has an encounter with the Messiah, with the Christ, it reminds me really of our own experience. It's so much like our own experience, this, this place where we suddenly encounter God and, and the light bulb goes on and it suddenly it makes sense before we were mockers, before we used to make fun of the silly Christian or, or the silly religious uh, guy preaching or, or whatever. But now God has somehow touched our life. The light's gone on. We've gone from mocker to messenger. And God has shifted something in our lives. And information becomes transformation, and, and, and it's like, I get this. I don't understand it all, but I, I, I get this. And everything changes, and it... It describes we can see the man yelling at Christ on the cross the other thief saying what are you what are you doing and and 1 Corinthians 1:18 is so clearly uh, portrayed here for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing it's crazy you religious people you religious nutcases the message of you 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 might be following Christ here and your friends will make fun of you They'll say to you, and friends, I want to just tell you, don't worry about that. That's happened throughout history. If they persecuted Jesus, they'll persecute you. If they made fun of him, they'll make fun of you. If they said stuff about him, they'll say stuff about you. Don't worry about that. We're not trying to please people. We're trying to please him, amen. We're trying to give him more glory, him more praise, him all honor. People will always do that. But let me tell you, as you walk out the walk of faith, as you do it for me as a biker messed up, I can tell you, I can go back to my old mates now, and they know, oh, it's not just a passing faith he was going through. Something's changed. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved. It is the power of God. The repentant thief says to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. I'll do a little Bible aside here, just for a moment. Just everybody say pause. We're just pausing. We're doing a little Bible aside. Now, can you tell me this? How can Jesus say today you'll be with me in paradise when we know He was in the grave for three, three days? How could He? How could He say that? He can't. It's a, It's a. It's a. It's a uh, is that a contradiction in the Bible? Have we found the first one? Are we the first ones to discover this? Friends, you've got to understand that's the original language. There was no commas. No, The words were all joined together. There was no sort of, the Greeks did not have that. The commas and things that were there were put in by those who prepared the Bible to try and make it understandable in our language. How many know commas are important? It's, it's important. Thank you, Al. Thank you. Yes, yes, he definitely knows. <laughs> I can't even say that on stage, Al, what you wrote. I had to watch him out. You got to watch your commas, mate. You got to. He said things he never intended to say, and put it out there for the whole world to see. Go and look at it. Just follow it. Check back a little while. It was bad. But commas, commas make a big difference. Like like this, you can say, "Let's eat, Grandpa." Let's eat. Let's eat him. I'm hungry. Let's eat, Grandpa. Let's eat, Grandpa. Oh, I'm so hungry. Man flesh. Let's go and eat him. Man flesh. It's off Lord of the Rings. Let's eat, Grandpa. Or if you put a comma in, let's change it, put a comma in and let's eat, Grandpa. Come for dinner, Grandpa, not let's eat him. (laughs) Commas are important. The same thing goes for this scripture. Put those two scriptures up. Jesus answered him, truly I tell you, Today you'll be with me in paradise. That's, that, 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 that's how it is. But look at it. What the scholars will say is that just the comma's in the wrong place. Remember, the comma's not inspired. That's put in afterwards. They had to guess where the comma had to go. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Everybody say, problem solved. Just the person next to you. I'm a Bible scholar. Come on. You just got it right there. If anybody ever brings that up. You just know it. So here we go back to the story. You see, what I love about the story here of the the thief on the cross is the power of his glorious gospel is revealed. You see, what's interesting thing for me is is for this thief and for this robber, for this for this good for nothing, for this you deserve everything you've got. Bunch of people, Every, you deserve everything you're getting. The thing that I, I see when I hear this story is that as he hung on the cross, here's the thing, he could do absolutely nothing to earn God's grace. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't prove anything. He couldn't say, hey, I'll be a better guy from now on. I promise. How many times have we said that? All he could do was was trust Jesus, believe, and receive. All he could do was say, I'm sorry, remember me. He couldn't do anything to earn God's grace. He couldn't do anything to earn God's kindness. He, he couldn't offer anything. He couldn't say anything. All he did was like, remember me. And sometimes in our silliness, we think we can somehow work and earn God's favor, that we can somehow work and earn God's, you know, uh, favor and love towards us. And it's just silly. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags before a holy God. Think we can earn God's favor? It's it's, it's, it's crazy. Can't earn nothing. So you got to understand. God chose. The Bible says. I know we can be here thinking and going, "Well, you don't know. I'm a pretty smart businessman, or I'm pretty much." Here's what it says. Yeah, Yeah, I'm called by God. But here's the thing: the Bible says that's almost insulting. He says he chose the foolish things. That's you and me. The Bible says in First Corinthians one twenty six, it says, "Brothers and sisters," it's talking to the family of God. Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise. Oh, insulting! Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the Weak things of the world to shame the strong. God, God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things, the things that are not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him, that no one might be able to go, look at me, look at me, look at me. No one can do that. So that no one may boast before the Lord. And then it says this in verse 30, it says, It is because of him. It's because of him that you are in Christ Jesus. It's because of him. How do we get saved? It's because of him. How do we get this righteousness? It's because of him. How do we get this faith? It's because of him. How do we come to know Christ? It's because of him. How did we come on, somebody? How did how did God do this work? It is because of him. It has nothing to do with us. It is because of him It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus love ran read who has become for us the wisdom of God, that is our righteousness, that is our holiness and our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Friend, we can't stand here in our own righteousness, but we can stand here in our own holiness. But friend, we can stand here today because of the riches of God's grace that are lavished upon us in righteousness, in holiness, because not our own, but His. Because He made a way. It is because of Him. that thief, that criminal that had an encounter with Christ, when he had that encounter hung on a cross where he could do nothing, it reminds and demonstrates to me the truth of all that we've been talking about, that the gospel was not about what we can do, but all about what Christ has done. Come on, somebody. Can turn the rebel into the redeemed. This is where religion gets in the way. Shane and Reuben, can you come here? I did this a couple of years ago and I want to do it again today because it so powerfully demonstrates the gospel. Because what religion does is it says this. And we're going to be so careful we don't put this on people because God didn't put it on you. He called you. But what religion does, and I don't want to do this in our church is it starts paying well you better change. Get yourself a haircut, boy. You clean yourself up. Stop wearing those holy jeans. And paying for them? My goodness. You stop looking like this. You stop you should be praying more. You need to start changing. That's what religion does. Change. You need to read your Bible more. You need to pray more. You need to do this more. You need to do that more. You need to do. You need to be way more committed. You need to be this or whatever. Whatever it is, we start to say religion will say you've got to change before God will accept you. You got to change something. You got to get better. You better step it up, man, because God, oh, he's looking at you, going, oh, can't use that fella. That's not how it works. The faith. In Jesus, what happens? Go over there, Shane. Oh, beautiful spin, Ruben. He learned everything he knows off his father. I need Jesus too. But what Christ does is he accepts because of the blood. Not because it's not about you. It's what he has done on the cross. And what Christ does, he accepts. And because he accepts, something in us goes, man, I'm going to change. Because he who has forgiven much, loves much. And, and he who has uh, had their sin forgiven suddenly says, I, I want to give myself to God. Because he does this, he accepts. And because he accepts, we change. That's what Christ has done. Be religious. Give our models a big hand. They're model interns. When we come to Christ, <laughs> it's really, it's like really noisy. <laughs> but I accept you. When we come to Christ, we are accepted and we change his work. He starts to work in us from glory to glory. Here's the thing. The thief was powerless to move. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't couldn't do anything but just say, remember me. All he could do was trust Jesus. And all we can do is trust Jesus to do a man and place faith in that his atoning work on the cross of Christ. We can give God nothing to earn our salvation. We serve him not so he will love us. We serve him because he loved us. And friend... We can give nothing, but here's the thing, we don't need to because God gave everything. For my Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sons that whomsoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And verse 17 continues on to say this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. So don't you go around, he sent his son to save it. There will be a day of judgment. There will be. Right now, we're going to show the love of Christ, the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. What does that mean? It means love ran bread. And here's the thing. If Christ can redeem a good-for-nothing robber, He can redeem you. G. Campbell Morgan said this, nobody who has truly seen the cross of Christ can ever again speak of hopeless cases, because he can change anybody. If you ask me how I know he lives, he lives inside my heart. You ask me how I know he can change people, Will he changed me. Anybody whose life he's changed here today, come on. Maybe you're here today and you, you don't know that. Maybe you, I don't know, came in off the road. Maybe you saw the ad. Today, traditionally, this is Palm Sunday. Right across the world, Christians are celebrating the week before Good Friday, before the crucifixion. It's when the people welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem. They waved palm leaves and put their cloaks down as he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, singing Hosanna, welcome. They welcomed Christ into the city. I want to give you an opportunity here today, if you don't know Christ, to welcome him into your life today. The same Christ who for me has changed my life 30 years ago can change you in a moment. Friend, if you want to know how much does Christ love you, he loves you this much. This much. He died for you that you might live for him.